everybody, welcome back to the Oil of the Podcast, and today we're selling propane and propane accessories. We're talking about King of the Hill. As always, I'm Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Alex. I'm here, and I've never been to Texas, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex, why don't you introduce yourself? introduce where you are on the webs and why we asked you to come talk with us about king of the hill yeah uh so i'm alex i uh formerly did what we talk about when we talk about uh the podcast which was uh, another pop culture podcast and i do a video game one called game boys uh and i work on fright day for horror stuff and so just kind of like all over the internet with media and i'm here because i'm here a lot and because i watch a lot of tv and also because i'm not from texas have never been to texas i am born and raised in the pacific northwest um so every like ounce of my opinion on the show is that probably i would say roughly as informed as like matt and kate and adrian talking about like portlandia and how accurate that is <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> Which, uh, here, here's what I'm going to say about Portlandia. More of a documentary than I want it to be. Like, it's exaggerated, but not to the degree that you would want. That sketch where they're, like, at a uh, restaurant and someone's asking, like, well, what was the chicken's name and all this stuff. Haven't heard that. Have overheard people asking about what farm the chickens were raised on and, like, what the conditions were like there. This is why I had to quit watching Portlandia. I couldn't do it anymore. So I will say, though, Alex, how you describe Portlandia is, in fact, how I describe King of the Hills people. It's exaggerated, but not as much as you would think. (laughs) I like it. Okay. It's a documentary than anything. Yeah. Agreed. Love it. But I'm not leading this episode. Adrian is. Yep. I tell you what, I'm going to do this episode. Uh, we don't really have like any like major reason why we're doing this episode. If anything, we should have done it last year, so it like rounded out like um, it's uh, you know ten year anniversary of when it ended. I'm just in the midst of a rewatch. I just like really love King of the Hill, and I'm realizing that it's probably one of my first, my favorite uh, adult animations uh, that's out or that's that's come out in the last um, you know few years. So that kind mm-hmm. of relates to my intro question. You know, where does King of the Hill rank in your adult animation pantheon? And I say this because usually, you know, Simpsons, American Dad, Futurama, it's, you know, South Park, those are the ones that usually always people always talk about. But I don't hear nearly as much talk about King of the Hill. And I just don't know because it's like the animation or whatever the case is, but just curious where it falls for you. Uh we'll start with Alex since he's the non Texan. Yeah. So for me, King of the Hill ranks um high but also adjacent because it's the humor and and the storytelling styles that they play in i feel like aren't really what other adult animation is trying to do like it's um like all of them are you know commenting on society doing like a, a, a satire or whatever but the approach king of the hill takes to me feels different in that it does make an effort to be more grounded i think than a lot of those shows um we're like it's a little bit exaggerated but like a lot of it is things like oh there's like a walmart equivalent opening up in town how do we feel about it like something that like i don't fully like family guy sort of did something like that um i think south park did a walmart episode but it like turned into a matrix episode and it was just like completely insane and so for me king of the hill like ranks pretty high like it's a smart show it has good jokes but also i'm not from texas so i feel like i can't fully like say if it's like at the top i for me i think simpsons is well classic simpsons is at the top of mine but then like new simpsons is also near the bottom of mine (laughs) um can, can you actually classify something like that if it's still going on i don't know I just know that Simpsons got very not good uh, 
at, at a certain point. Um, but yeah, I think King of the Hill is like, it ranks pretty high up there. I think I would say I enjoy it more than uh, Family Guy, particularly New Family Guy. I just didn't really like that show as much when it came back. Like, I'm very much like a first three seasons classic Family Guy. And even that, I haven't gone back to watch. There's probably some stuff in there that has not aged well. Um, but yeah, King of the Hill is pretty high ranking for me. Uh, what about you, Kate? King of the Hill is a slice of life anime. That's what it is. <laughs> I love that description. Because, um, like, uh, for me, it's probably my second. My favorite is Futurama, and then I would put King of the Hill right uh, right after it. And ma- mainly because, like, we watched King of the Hill, like, every day when it would come on. And I don't remember if it was when it was still doing new shows. I mean, it ran for a really long time, so it may have been. But then, like, we never changed the channel when it was also on. And we had, like, we knew people that we would equate to other people on King of the Hill. And so, like, for me, like, it is just... I had never really thought about it until you kind of contextualized it like that, Alex, like when it, in the world of like adult animation, like it is really grounded because even though Final or, uh, Family Guy is kind of grounded, it still goes way off the walls mm-hmm. and stupid Still has chicken fights. And like all that happens. And like King of the Hill is just, this is the absurdity of living in Texas and hmm. it just hits different. Um, I personally don't smoke cigarettes, one, because they're bad, but two, because I watch Bobby Hill smoke yeah. like three <laughs> gardens in one day. And it was like, it it just felt real. And like, you could know people who did that stuff or knew stuff like that. So yeah, it just, it just works. And Matt. So King of the Hill is weird for me because... Sadly, I, I guess if I think of like the animations I've watched, I probably put it a lot. It's up there, but it's also probably a lot lower. But also, I kind of have like kind of the same phase of like with uh, the Alex's problem of depending on the show where it goes. But King of the Hill is also just weird because I actually watched the first like few seasons, like the first I think season or so, like live when it came on TV, and then they actually went through the whole like whether well, it can be canceled and cliffhanger stuff, and then I quit watching it forever, didn't care for it, and then as I got back as an adult later, especially when it got introduced to Adult Swim stuff, like watched it a lot more. But like if I think of like top animation adult animations that I watch, um, I mean I put it above South Park, but like in The Simpsons, but. I personally like Family Guy, but also I'm like in the Alex book of like, I like old Family Guy, but I like it from like season, like probably like up to 10 or so, but then probably anything after 10, I don't care about. It's gone on and for so long. I, as soon that's as you what, said, that's I what I'm like saying. Like, I actually like a lot of, 10. I think it's like on season nine. That's the weird thing with Family Guy. It's like on season like 18 or 19, I've seen like six, 15 that's seasons, crazy. but I feel like I don't, haven't seen anything, but that one's gone downhill, but I don't think it compared to like the first like five or six seasons with Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, th- so I think I think that's for me. That's why it I, I, it ranks so highly for me because, and we'll talk about this like a little bit later because we're already bringing up and why it's a different kind of adult animation. It's just good all thirteen seasons. Like the its dip in ratings doesn't is not really its fault. It's the it's basically football's fault. Um, it is football's fault and and Seth, Fox, Mac- right? and Seth MacFarlane. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's fault as well. But I think consistency, like, I don't I don't think there's, like, oh, the first three seasons of Family Guard are the best seasons. Like, no, like, even up to season, like, 12, like, there's still really good stuff going on. So as much as I love, I, I think I'd have to go with Kate. Like, Futurama's good throughout. 
and then like King of the Hills good throughout. But again, like Alex said at the beginning, they're just different kinds of animations. Yeah, because I mean that's my problem is like I can sit and especially for some of these shows, I've seen a lot of King of the Hill. I have not seen as much King of the Hill as I've seen in a lot of other adult animations, and mm-hmm. so it's also a lot harder to classify yeah. like put it up there when I'm like, well, I haven't even watched all of them. So I think for me, like King of the Hill is something I forget about until I remember it, and then I remember like every episode yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> all at one time and i can like tie memories to them and the fact that my dad every time we go to like any time we would go to buy barbecue supplies would say propane and propane <laughs> accessories i mean that's like that that just sticks i don't know it's kind of like a seinfeld to me in like that really banal doesn't do much but hits when it hits way which is why it's at the top. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of get into it. And we're definitely going to talk about um, those things and about why those, because they're really kind of like a really big, but why those um, compared to some other adult animations. But we're going to run through some production history. Um, production history of this is going to be just a little bit longer, just because, um, I mean, everybody knows about Seth MacFarlane. Everyone knows about how The Simpsons has been running forever uh, and things like that. But I feel like King of the Hills left out a little bit. So we're going to go a little bit deeper in the production history and then get into those, but why those after. But King of the Hill is an American animated sitcom created by Mike Judge and Greg Daniels for Fox and ran from January of 1997 to May of 2010, which is a pretty long time when it comes to animations, especially in the early 2000s um, into the late 2000s. and if Mike Judge and Greg Daniels sound familiar, Mike Judge is the creator of Beavis and Butthead, the co-creator of Silicon Valley, director of Office Space Idiocracy, and was a writer on The Simpsons. Greg Daniels, writer on SNL, Simpsons, the developer and showrunner of The Office, and then co-creator of Parks and Rec and Space Force, more recently on Netflix. So these two come together and give us this show, which... Um, once you kind of like think about the show itself, it kind of makes a lot of sense that these two mm-hmm. came together for this because it both fits their their brand pretty well, given those shows and movies. It centers on the Hills, a middle class American family in the fictional city of Arlen, Texas. Patriarch and main character Hank Hill, who works as assistant manager at Strickland Propane, is the everyman and general protagonist of the series. Hank is friends with other residents on his block, especially Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, and Jeff Boomhauer, all of whom he has known since elementary school. The show attempts to maintain a realistic approach, seeking humor in conventional and mundane aspects of everyday life. In early 1995, after a successful run of Beavis and Butthead on MTV, Mike, uh, Mike Judge decided to create another animated series, this one set in small town Texas, based on an amalgamation of Dallas suburbs, including Garland, Texas, where he had lived, and Richardson. Judge conceived the idea for the show and drew the main characters and wrote the pilot script. However, Fox was pretty much uncertain about the viability of Judge's concept for an animated comedy based in reality and also set in the American South. So the network teamed him up with animator Greg Daniels since he had already had experience with primetime TV writing. Daniels rewrote the script and created important characters who didn't appear in Judge's first draft, including Luann, Cotton, um, and also... (laughs) Sorry, I just thought about Cotton. Cotton is an icon. Cotton reminds me of my uncle. (laughs) 
Exactly. And <laughs> who also served in Vietnam and is really short and has like problems. Yeah, cut okay, reminds I'm me sorry. of my great of my great grandma who fought in the uh North Korean War and she yeah, she's a lot like Cotton. Um it's, Daniel also reworked some of the supporting characters um who had originally just been like generic snaggletooth hillbillies. Uh, such as Dale Gribble, a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, which I think is hilarious that like Dale got (laughs) reworked into being a conspiracy theorist. So he was like more hillbilly than he already is, which I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So to be fair, though, I will say that uh, Dale represents a very specific subsection of the Texas hillbilly. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I I have a whole thing. I have a whole thing about how Dale (laughs) is the most, (laughs) one of the most underrated characters in the entire show. Cause he has some episodes where I'm just like, man, we thought that was going a completely different direction. Uh, Definitely have some stuff on that on him. But I think one of the coolest things about this pilot. So Fox is basically saying, Oh, you know, judge, I don't know if you can do this. Let's bring in Greg Daniels. So they re they do the thing. And usually when you, you know, present a script, you get like some basic animation in there. Uh, but Judge and Daniels basically just use an animated pencil stitch uh, sketch with Hank as part of their pitch to the executive networks. Like it's literally just Hank talking to the network executives about like what the show would be about, introducing the characters. And it's like ridiculously good. And we'll include it in the show notes. Show notes. It's like two minutes of just this just basic pencil animated thing. But once you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's King yeah. of the Hill. And that I mean, and it's literally works. just like Hank introducing everybody, right? Like that's that's yeah. like the thrust of it. Like there's some jokes mixed in there, but it's just like I'm Hank. This is my wife. This is my son. Like here we go. Yeah, he's like even at the end of it, he's just like you know, and there's really lots of uh advertising opportunities for you know propane oh, yeah. and, and jerky, and it's it's just great. It's like he's an actual it's, character. It's good. Which, which... It sums up the show so beautifully mm-hmm. too. Like it perfectly captures it perfectly captures kind of the uh the things that they go into because when you think about like greg daniels um and mike judge they're kind of different in the in the way that they they operate so judge writing judges writing tend to emphasize political humor specifically the clash of hank hill's like social conservative conservatism um but daniels really focused more on character development to provide emotional contacts for the series uh through like numeral cultural conflicts Judge was ultimately so pleased with Daniel's contribution to the script, he chose to credit him as a co-creator rather than just giving him the developer credit that's usually reserved for people who are brought in to rework the pilot, which I think is really, really great. After its debut, the series became a large success on Fox and was named one of the best television series of the year by various publications, including Entertainment Weekly, Time, and TV Guide. For the 1997 to 1998 season, the series became one of Fox's highest rated programs and even briefly outperformed The Simpsons in ratings. During the fifth and sixth season, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels became less involved with the show since they were eventually going on to focus on other things, um, but would eventually come back to kind of have a, a larger sense. But I think the fact that it was able to do so well and that second season is... Um, one of like the highest rated of the series would you know go on to outperform Simpsons for a small time is pretty big considering the That's you know, huge nineties is ruled by the Simpsons. I would say, especially like late nineties where it's like the Simpsons are, are cresting at that point. Yeah. So it, it, it succeeds even though Fox itself, like as an entity insisted that the series basically lack and kind of don't not have really any character development or story arcs. Because obviously when you're showing things in syndication, you don't want people to like to age or to grow. You want to just have it as 
uh, standalone episodes. However, Judge and Daniel still managed managed to develop like minor arcs and story elements throughout the series, mm-hmm. especially in those early seasons. Especially like thinking about like Luann becoming more independent, and educated, uh, the aging of characters, Bobby and um, Connie, you know, kind of growing up um, throughout the years, which isn't Joseph's very common. Mustache. Joseph's mustache yes. and his his puberty, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is see, really that's what I'm saying. Like you just mentioned something, and I like I see it in my head, and it makes it's me such laugh. a it's such a bad like dirt mustache. <laughs> but it's also great. like it's great super accurate to like any teenage boy who's like i have facial hair <laughs> yeah it's great and i mean and that, just that aging of characters just doesn't happen in animated series mm-hmm. like stewie's been a baby for 19 seasons the simpsons going on a millennia yeah. and they're all still didn't south park do like same, a so. season long event when they went to fourth grade yeah basically but they've been like they like stuck in fourth grade since yeah then. and they, well, they did they it once upgraded them well, I thought they upgraded them to fourth grade, but they never did anything else after that. Yeah, oh, no, so that's what I'm saying third... is they did it one time in like, oh, okay, what, yeah. 20 yeah. years. Yeah, so you know, they relatively stay in those things because of that. But mm-hmm. because of Judges and Daniel's kind of, you know, writing styles, I think making them grow is super important, especially with Luann. Luann goes from just being like the ditzy um, blonde mm-hmm. to the slightly less ditzy blonde who's more independent and things like that. Um. But after kind of like later later on, because it was scheduled to lead off Fox Sunday night animation programming lineup, portions of King of the Hill episodes were often preempted by sporting events that ran into overtime. In season nine, especially, whole episodes were like cut out, basically. Um, ultimately enough of the episodes, uh, even into the 10th season, still still had that issue. And that was intended to be the final season. And it consisted of basically unaired ninth season episode which obviously didn't help the ratings so you do see a bit of a drop in the ratings basically between season nine through like 11 ish um but kind of back towards like the 12th season it goes back up in the nielsen ratings which is great uh however it announced in fox announced in 2008 that king of the hill had been canceled and the cancellation coincided with the announcement of seth mcfarland's who is obviously the creator of Family mm-hmm. Guy and American Dad, who would be creating a spinoff of Family Guy called The Cleveland Show, which would eventually take over King of the Hills time slot. And even with that cancellation, unfortunately, ABC didn't end up picking up the show despite Judge having one of his shows there already because they basically had no interest, no interest in picking up an animated animated show. So the show's 14th season was supposed to air sometime in 2009 to 2010, but Fox later announced that it would just um, not air those episodes and instead opted for syndication during that year, which is why uh, you know the show basically ends in 2008. On August 8th of 2017, it was revealed that Judge and Daniels had talks with Fox executives about a potential revival. In March of 2018, in an interview with Rotten Tomatoes, Judge said that he um would want to see the series revived to include age characters such as like an older bobby mm-hmm. um and then march of 2020 daniel said that he and judge had an idea for a reboot daniel stated we had a plan for it and it's pretty funny some uh so maybe one day they'll they'll get that going i like it it's it might be too on the nose but i wouldn't necessarily be against doing uh, an aged up bobby who has gone to an out-of-state liberal college <laughs> that'd be great I'd like love. just that and then his interactions with hank from there i feel like i would love 
Yeah. So would you rather just... him go to like an out of state liberal college? Would rather him go? Would like rather him the... go to UT or like a community college? Oh, like, I'm okay. Thinking yeah. like a, I'm thinking like a Texas community college, like one of them, com- like mid. That could also be very good. I don't think that he would get pushed enough to have him have that conflict with Hank, though. It just like a regular. No, I don't think he college. would, but it would be interesting to see. Yeah. Like just um, to see also Bobby. Look, yeah, also, Peggy would not let him go to a community college. You know that. <laughs> Well, that's why he's going to go to, like, SMU, which is not a community college, but it might as well be. There's but, a Texas State joke in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Still higher than <laughs> SMU. Um, but still, um, as far as looking up, Cleveland Show did have four seasons from 2009 to 2013. Wow. Which, I, I, so, like, it had four seasons, but also, like, I feel like when you compare that against other adult animation, especially from the same mm-hmm. creator, that's not a lot. And oh. also, like, that may have just been, like, pity seasons. Like... Like I feel like the last Farland, here I, you go. I feel like the last two were just pity seasons because the first one is kind of not bad, and then I kind of fell off like mid season two because I just didn't care anymore. I'm just very over Seth MacFarlane personally. Yeah, there, I mean, just don't especially care anymore. There's only so many ways that you can do a family sitcom, but like he has literally locked into one dynamic exclusively. I feel like of like the exact arrangement of like we have a talking dog, but in this one, it's a wacky alien. And in this one, you know, there are some episodes of American dad in which I think it was an an episode of family guy and vice versa. (laughs) But they are great because they do make fun of that though. Yeah, no, they are great. I think they're both really good shows, but also you shouldn't be able to swap scripts like that. I mean, I mean, the Cleveland, the Cleveland show had a talking bear. There, there we go. Yeah. And and a talking baby. Like it was the the same (laughs) thing. Oh no. You know, a fat older brother. It it was, it was like literally the same thing just, uh, with Cleveland as the the main thing. And he wasn't even like, really like the same character because they do the thing where like Cleveland like changes whatever. Yeah. Cleveland's whole persona changes. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's weird. But King of the Hill stays pretty consistent, even in like kind of those down years, they still do stay pretty consistent and they're still lots of really great nuggets of episodes that we'll talk about. So before we get into our but why those, we do have a quick break to talk about Manscaped and Manscaped accessories. I'll tell you what. Valentine's Day is upon y'all. So make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Now, 2 million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom, and we want to make sure you become one of them. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. It features the third-generation Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink. Plus, if you're looking to smell fresh, check out the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers. That'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing ones. They're easily the comfiest boxers I have ever touched. This is the perfect package to help you get the perfect package. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H-O at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUTWHYTHOUGH. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. 
So welcome back. So for our but why those, we usually talk about this, and I do kind of like want to preface this by like it's a successful franchise, like, and I think it's a successful franchise despite being kind of like the middle child between The Simpsons mm-hmm. and Family Guy, especially when oh, it comes fair. comes to Fox Animation. So King of the Hill did end up running for thirteen seasons, totaling two hundred and fifty nine episodes. Holy shit! Exactly. And that's over its 13-year run. So this essentially puts it at the at number four for like the longest adult animation show animated shows behind American Dad at number three, South Park at number two, or sorry, number number five, sorry. Because it's American Dad, South Park, Family Guy, and of course The Simpsons. And all of those are still running. So like so is America Dad still running? I still have not been able to figure out for the last three years. It, it keeps jumping networks. It keeps jumping networks, and Wikipedia says, and like all of like their wikis say that it's still like to the present. So <laughs> that's, I, think I mean, it's that's still what, I mean, I can't blame you because that's what I've seen. Because every about once Seth a year, Farlick shows don't die; they just yeah. go into hibernation for like you, every, a season, and then they come back. Because once a year, I look up American Dad to see if it's still on. Because after I got up to about because another one of those shows where I watched all the episodes. And then they jumped ship, and they lost net between jumping from Netflix and then obviously Fox. But they still have episodes, but I never know if they're new. No, so it, it's again Seth MacFarlane shows are kind of like Michael Myers in that they die, but they're always gonna come back, and they're gonna come back worse. But they never died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I think I died like three times. What are you talking well, about? Technically, I, I it only officially know. died once. Okay, <laughs> it died I like twice more in my heart, but that's it. Um, King of the Hill is number four, but with the exception of Simpsons, um, and well, I guess Simpsons is a South Park family guy and American dad were either canceled or hopped networks. So King yes. of the Hill, if you look at like single network runs is like, it's third. Yeah. It's, it's That's feeling it. really cool. Yeah. And even if you take it farther than that, like if you look at like all of us animations, including cartoons, it's number 14. And then if you look at like all animations across the world, it's number 28 okay. with that's its dope. 259 episodes, which is. So I know what I'm going to be doing for the next month. That's what I've been. That's what I've been going every night. I watch a couple episodes of King of the Hill. And I was like, I tell you what, I get real Texas real quick whenever I watch it. I'll tell you what. Uh, and it just did. It just didn't run for a long time either. Reviews of King of the Hill were overwhelmingly positive, despite even the dip um, in season nine through 11. So across all 13 seasons, the average Nielsen ratings is 7.9, um, and it peaked at 16.3 in season two. IMDb has it, and again, this is also like, as we've done before, like take this with a grain of salt because this, this show was going on before like ratings were a thing, and some of these websites were even a thing in general. Mm-hmm. But IMDb 7.3, TV.com 8.5. Google, 86%. And then, of course, Rotten Tomatoes comes in with its weird number of a 69%, which... So those are know. all extremely low to me, to be honest. Yeah, I, those I are really low. I don't trust it. I don't trust it, especially when you consider that it's number 27 on IGN's top 100 animated shows from 2016 and in TV Guide's top 60 um, from 2013. So, How much do you want to bet that a lot of those Rotten Tomatoes scores... Are people not from Texas saying that these are gross caricatures of people oh, in probably. Texas? Absolutely. How much do you want to bet that? Some of the guy from like LA is complaining about yeah. Texas. Yep. I got yeah. it. I feel like reviewing TV shows is also just really tricky because like what exactly are you reviewing? Like the seasons that you've seen, the seasons that have released so far. Yeah. I'm sure the Family Guy has some five star reviews well, out there that as it went on, the reviewer was like, eh, it's closer to a four now. S- 
So the way that Rotten Tomatoes works when it comes to putting in your reviews for your seasons, if you take like, uh, so I have all of my reviews for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina up there. You input them per season or per episode. And then essentially what it does, the tomato score gets calculated per season individually. And then it has a, a total score from those individual seasons. Okay. So you can't just put in a Rotten Tomatoes score that's like, overall king of the hill you have to choose the episode and or the seasons of the series that you're actually reviewing yeah yeah so there is something to that 69 percent that's like "Mm, that might be somebody who's only reviewed like three seasons yes yeah and and again like i don't and it's kind of weird to you right because if you look at like the nielsen ratings especially like for those first like seven seasons um 8.6 16.3 7.9 8.7 9.5 7.7 9.5 and that puts it well within like the top 75 rated shows of each year with season three being number 10 and season two being number 15 so widely popular even if like these newer age scores are a little low um, in my opinion, especially that Rotten Tomato scores, but they're always weird. The Rotten Tomato, well, the weird thing is Rotten Tomatoes seem to fall one way or the other with TV shows. Either everyone's just like, Wait, oh, 100. so how did all... you get the Rotten Tomato score? Because I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes now, and they actually don't have a Tomato Meter score. They just have an audience score, which is different. And they only have one review from actual critics Yeah, uh, the... for season 13. Because if you, like, look up, like, each of the seasons, they have, like, a rating there from what i saw like season one has its like own rating and then i i assume that's how they get to the 69 percent because those other later seasons are ranked pretty low on there compared to like those first couple of seasons yeah so there's only a rating for it looks one two three and the critic score is a hundred percent for season five and a hundred percent for season 13 and then 82% for season one. And those are the only seasons that have anything from critics. And then everything else is audience generated. So this isn't the critics fault. I will take that back. I'll take my comment back. I am curious as to the why the audience score rated. It yeah. So, so low, like, yeah, that's, and, and that's, I mean, I don't pay attention to the critic score. I don't care what people like me think. I don't care what you think, Kate. No, but yeah, you're right. So the critic score doesn't have that, but the, there is an audience score for like every single season. So like season 10 has six yeah. ratings and it's like a 20%. Kind that of makes thing, sense. Which a 20%, man. Come on. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. What so are you it doing? looks here, there are only 17 overall for the entire series run. It's an 82%. Yeah, that's why I was hesitant to keep it on there. Out. But sometime yeah. but it's some weird. Yeah, it's weird. Uh but I I think I fall more with like the the Google and the TV.com and the IMDB one seems a little bit more have a little bit more to yeah. them, but also kind of like a little bit low. Um I think with like Google being kind of closer to to the mark for me. Um, if you look at awards and nominations, again, you have to re- realize that it's also in the animated category going up against The Simpsons, going against Family Guy, going against um, American Dad, like all kind of like in like that same vein. But they do have lots of wins to their names. So it's won an Annie for Outstanding Individual Achievement for Voice Acting by a Female Performer in an Animated Television Production. I, super long name, but that was for Peggy Hill in 2001. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, outstanding writing in an animated television production in 2002 and a voice acting in animation or animated television production with Luann Platter in 2004 Hmm. and writing in an animated television production in 2004 as well. And also has a few Emmys, uh, one for outstanding animated program in 1999 and then 
outstanding voiceover performance for Bobby Hill in 2002. Just disappointed they did not get best cameo from Bobby Hill playing Sailor Moon. That's the only thing I'm <laughs> Oh, <missing>. my God. <laughs> uh, oh. And fun, I guess I'll throw this fun fact in here now. Yeah. In Bobby Hill's room, you can see Bart Simpson cameo as a doll on his Oh, show. that's fun. I like that. Um, I was going to say one thing before we move on, circling back to the whole like popularity and all that. It's interesting that King of the Hill ended just as streaming was becoming a viable common thing as far as like Fox uploading new episodes and whatnot. And I'm wondering um, because their early seasons were hindered by like going up against football games and getting, you know, bumped from their spot and whatnot, how much that shaped public opinion on the show. If you were, you know, not even guaranteed to see it every week, whereas now like, you know, Grey's Anatomy can air and then Saturday morning you can just pull it up on a computer and watch it anyway, even if you missed it. And so it yeah, seems so, interesting, like where they died out. Yeah, it, it did, it's definitely very interesting because apparently like the DVD sales for home media did really, really bad. But I hmm. also think, like you just said, it was streamed on Netflix um, up until like 2013, basically. So it was on oh, Netflix yeah. and then just came back and then came to Hulu a couple of years ago, I think 2018, 2017. Okay. Are you watching 253 episodes with commercials? I have Hulu Premium. I don't oh, know what a commercial right. is. That's right. It's cheaper than my Netflix cake? subscription because Netflix subscription is going up and it's Gosh. so upsetting. So upsetting. Like I want to keep my 4K Ultra. Netflix. Yeah, exactly. So I'm <laughs> sorry. I saw like they try to sneak it in there too. And, like your subscription's going up. It's like bullshit. I can do without 4K. You can suck my dick. I'm not paying almost $20 for Netflix. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Hard pass. I'm just, so is HBO the only streaming service that doesn't lock 4K behind a paywall? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. Like maybe I don't know what Disney Disney does, but that's the only other. Oh no! I think I actually, I think Disney might have 4K available. I'm not sure, yeah, but I think yeah, Disney has 4K. Yeah, it's like but Disney's yeah, Netflix charging for it. I've just I've never had 4K on Netflix. Uh, yeah, so the home media didn't do too well, but the show was also broadcast in syndication a bunch from basically starting in 2001. It was on FX for a time, like Matt mentioned earlier. It had its spot on Adult Swim for for a while. Went back to Comedy Central, but you know now you can watch it on Hulu or you know other places if you my dad used to watch the marathons they do on fx like he just turned that on in the morning keep it on all day yeah it works out pretty well and i mean if you look at like all of the reviews from people like from times magazine and things like that they all kind of say generally the same thing that's going to kind of go into our like next but why those um of basically the biggest things on why like the show does so well is that it kind of can do like that bipartisan um, animation and humor, and it works. Um, so in 2011, a survey conducted by the... Ex- uh, oh, Alex? Did I'm here. Alex? Okay, cool. So a survey in 2011 conducted by the Experian Simmons for Entertainment Weekly found um, very little confluence between TV shows watched by Democrats and Republicans. Perhaps a symptom um, of like that cultural divide. So liberals generally love quirky comedies like Community, Parks and Rec, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Mindy Project, while conservatives tend to prefer reality shows and crime dramas, including NCIS, Duck Dynasty, The Bachelor, and Top Gear. Uh, <laughs> what a spread. <laughs> what a spread, man. Think so they, about so it. They, love, they, they love got some reach. They, they love yeah, propaganda reach. and Duck Dynasty. And the, and the Bachelor. Come on, man. 
even when you look at um, animated shows, it's pretty clear that the majority of them are going to lean left. Um, even American Dad with Stan Smith's character basically being like a comedic characterization of like a cis conservative white man. Um, they eventually kind of even go away from that later in the show. And he's just kind of like Stan. Um, King of the Hill really kind of bridges that gaps and really sub- sub- subverts expectations of, you know, what it's like to be a suburban middle class family mm-hmm. in Texas. And it kind of works for both sides. So viewers on the left can kind of basically laugh at, you know, quote unquote hicks who are increasingly out of touch with the modern world, while those on the right can both appreciate and identify with the quote unquote redneck stereotype mm-hmm. that they're so proud to kind of like be a part of, um, you know, i.e. Duck Dynasty is probably why it's so popular. And then um, King of the Hill basically can draw, the, can draw those viewers in with these caricatures and then also use it for really great storytelling moments when you kind of subvert those expectations. Well, that was like a, that's what I was going to say. Like, I never saw King of the Hill, I still don't, as like a conservative show. Mm-hmm. I just saw it as a show where like people just learned how not to be shitty people. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like they started off as bad people who had really conservative views that made them kind of racist yep. a lot. Um, but I also really liked King of the Hill because they showed like Peggy makes me so uncomfortable because oh, I she's... know so many people like her. Yeah. Like I work with one where literally anytime he can talk Spanish to me, he will. I hate it. Um, and that's like that happens all the time. But like, I don't know because I I get what you're saying and I see it because it it wasn't overtly saying f you conservatives, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like here's how you talk and like you can make things not so. I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I well, don't, it's, it's that like that whole sense? thing, that whole thing on Twitter when people were like, Hank Hill would have voted for Donald Trump and then everybody lost their minds and like came out to defend him. Have. Exactly. Where it's like, I get like, it's like, we're going to show like, cause I mean, you were saying earlier, they didn't want character growth, but character growth was what made that show great. Like, even if yeah. it was just like within the episode, like Hank coming around and learning a lesson by the end of it and like having that after school special moment, like that was kind of what was fun about that show was seeing that like these characters weren't locked into who they were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you even have the episode of like when he uh, finally gets to meet George W. Bush and he shakes his hand and he has like a limp handshake and it like throws him to this like existential crisis yep. on whether or not he's like, <laughs> we can't have him go into other countries and shake and roll leaders hands with a limp handshake and kind of like throws him for a loop. Um, Cause while they never like overtly say that Hank is or any of them are, are Republican, I mean, they, they, they pretty much are. Um, yeah. Except Dale. so <laughs> Dale is his own breed. Dale's Dale. <laughs> Dale is closest to a libertarian. And even then he's not that. No. Libertarian yeah. is, is probably a government conspiracy cooked up to suppress people. I Dale's saw eyes. this entire thread where people were like, Dale would be QAnon and he would be a Trumper. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Dale would have been out there with the anti-fascist folks. Yes. I was like, I, I can't tell you what Dale is, but I can tell you what Dale's not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy theorist, yes, but he's I, I can... more... I can hear in my head Dale Gribble just saying, that's what they want you to think about QAnon. i just want him like throwing pocket sand at at, you know in yes in protest i think that'd be fantastic yeah so alex brought it up a little bit but of course like hank is like one of the main characters i mean um as as the shows focus a lot of the times 
and him kind of dealing with like a changing world because he's definitely if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of guy and he's usually pretty stubborn with some soft prejudices um prejudices but again is always kind of like brought back to do like the right thing at the end of the episode um especially we definitely see that with his relationship with bobby and his god damn it bobby um and that's kind of like can be seen as definitely a reflection of the you know generation gap um and especially that liberal conservative gap because you know bobby's obviously a little bit more free-spirited um and not as prone or interested in the things that hank is interested in and you know many of the the episodes really do conclude with them kind of learning lessons not just like hank you know learning not how to be a bad person but sometimes bobby learning how to be you know a better person and not kind of the dorky kids sometimes so they 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 have like their their back and forth there's actually some really touching episodes where they just learn how to talk to each other yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but there's also the episode where bobby tries to teach about jesus and he does it by using magic which is one of my favorite episodes oh god i forgot about that yeah yeah is he about the episode like where he uh is like the the skater pastor i think i don't remember that's that's a different episode there's a skater pastor that's that jesus is a lot of places he doesn't want to be yeah, oh, yes. but he shows up and they're trying to teach him about it, and so he shows up to church to do a magic show, talking about yeah. the miracles of Jesus. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and there's the other one where he decides he's going to be a wizard, and they're going to make him drink goat blood, and then Hank, the entire episode, tells him that like those dudes are like uber nerds, and then Bobby realizes like, oh wait, you guys are nerds. Like you guys are probably going to die alone, kind of thing. I don't want to mm-hmm. be like you. Maybe my dad was right, kind of thing. So. Hank yeah. learning video games is another good one, um, to be honest. Where's the button to turn myself in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even Peggy, and despite her thinking she's Mexican, like Kate mentioned, um, <laughs> also consistently calls out Hank sometimes on his things with like, mm-hmm. uh, for, like for example, um, kind of with Bobby first, you know, Bobby qu- uh, constantly questions Bobby's interests when they aren't aligned with, with him, but again, does eventually kind of come around. So mm-hmm. Bobby tried his hardest to get um his dad or Hank to Hank's approval by doing one of his jokes about sports yeah. um with the uh, his ventriloquist dummy and then after it's destroyed Hank basically makes an ideal version of it complete with a letterman jacket and all and by the end of the episode he makes an exact copy and then begins to bond with him learning more about his interests like while they're watching Iron Chef so while you know that stuff is different, they they do bridge that gap. And then for in terms of like Peggy calling out Hank sometimes in season two, the episode Body, Bobby Slam, fantastic episode. Peggy is basically managing the girls' gymnastics team, and when one of the girls wants to join the men's wrestling team, Hank basically says like women can't be in wrestling. And Peggy argues, uh, did a woman judge and ruin the Supreme Court? Huh. And and basically kind of like does that kind of thing of being like, hey man, like I can do things too. And it, Peggy Hill has always hasn't Peggy Hill has always been the well like looking back, Peggy Hill is a well meaning white woman who thinks yes. who who genuinely has her heart in the right place and knows what she should be doing. And like Peggy Hill is definitely a feminist. Peggy mm-hmm. Hill definitely voted for Biden. De- Peggy Hill has probably never voted for Trump. But Peggy Hill also has some racist stuff. Yeah, she but does. Peggy Hill's also, also a white woman <laughs> teaching but Spanish Hill at a high school in Mitt Texas. Romney, what you're saying? Yes, Peggy Hill voted for Mitt Romney. Peggy <laughs> Hill <laughs> voted for Mitt Romney in in tw- fuck, 2012. What are these? 
2012 and then she voted for uh she voted for Bur- or for Hillary cuz come mm-hmm. on she had to in 2016 and then she voted for Biden here like that that was her that tracks yep yeah. she's also <laughs> going to like say that people from the orient still uh yes. in 2020 well cuz it's because that, that's what it is like and i don't think people realize why the deeper things that that King of the Hill show, at least, at least like looking back on it now, and like I think I watched a few seasons like maybe two years ago, is just that like that's the type of person that like I'm used to in Texas. Like that's a Texas Democrat, the person who still says mm-hmm. off the cuff racist things, but is also not like, but is also knows what they should be doing to be progressive, but then don't necessarily yeah. enact it. Um, that's Peggy Hill. They're helping him, but they gotta say, "Come on, you gotta come on this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Peggy Hill says, "Peggy Peggy Hill." Uh, no, I'm not gonna say it. Never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. So, and even characters like characters who are like the most um, probably like what someone from like the West Coast thinks about Texas when you think when you think about like a, what a crazy gun-toting Texan looks like. Uh, people might think about Dale as that person, but even Dale has plenty of episodes like where he surprises and like subverts expectations. Because if like for face value, you're like, oh yeah, Dale probably doesn't like gay people. Probably, maybe if you just like if I just describe Dale to someone who has never watched the show, but he also like has really good moments of him being a great dad, a great husband, um, and a great son. So, um. There's the one episode where his dad comes back and his dad comes back into his life after his dad kissed his wife on his wedding night. And it turns out that his dad only kissed his wife because he didn't want Dale to know he was gay. And then we spend the whole episode thinking that Dale won't accept his dad when he finds out the truth about him being gay. But when he finds out, like, the truth, Dale is convinced that his dad's, like, a government agent and a spy sent to, like, spy (laughs) on him. And when his dad consistently says, like, no, 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 it's not that. I'm gay. I'm gay. And Dale was like, well, I wish that was true because that would be better or you know, something to, to that effect. Um, <laughs> Dale. So it was, he, he had no problem Dale with this. Dale is low-key the most accepting person on this entire series. Yeah, so he definitely had no problem with him being gay. But as soon as he thought he was a government agent, it was, it was all over from there. Um, another episode, Dale is basically tempted into committing adultery with this woman who is like literally into the same kind of pest control, same kind of interest and things like that. And he ends up staying, staying faithful even after she like has like this romantic dinner for him. And then he goes home and he's like, and his wife the whole time thinks that he's going to do it. He's going to cheat on him because she had already cheated on him, uh, with John Redcorn for the Uh, entire series. And then he gets home and is like, you know, she, she thought she was going to cheat. She wanted me to cheat. And I was like, Nope. And then like, he just sits down on the couch and they watch TV together. Very, very wholesome moment. Um, another episode when his, uh, his wife is going through some body dysmorphia, Dale plans to make her feel better by raising funds for plastic surgery by literally suing his favorite tobacco company. And if you know, (laughs) Dale, there's nothing he loves more than guns and his wife than cigarettes. So he would literally sue his favorite tobacco company to make his wife happy. So question, what is Boomhauer? Because Boomhauer is probably the person we know the least about. Boomhauer yeah, I mean, to me would be Boomhauer the only person. Did Boomhauer not vote? <laughs> I think Boomhauer would be the only one that might have voted the other way. <laughs> What do you what define the other way? I think Boomhauer might be the only one that probably voted for Trump, but he didn't say anything to anybody. I could hmm. see that actually. No, it was Con- Boomhauer is Con- the Con- person Tana who says don't. 
Well, no, no, no. But Cotton told everybody he voted for Trump. <laughs> That's the difference. Cotton has a Trump flag on his truck. That's Cotton. Boomhauer, I could. Boomhauer is the person who says we're just not going to talk politics at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we basically don't even know whose name is Jeff until like the end of like the series. <laughs> yeah, when you said Jeff Boomhauer earlier, I was like, oh yeah. That's oh yeah, that's like one of the fun facts. His name's actually Jeff, and we don't really find that out. So like you know, later, even the episode where his brother comes, like they don't even call him by his first name even in that episode. So that's the <laughs> crazy thing, like the conspiracy theory thing, which is kind of like we can't talk about conspiracy theories anymore. But like the way it is for the government now, and like Dale, because obviously I worked, I used to work out in the desert, met a lot of weird people, and it's funny because there's a guy who was out there, and he was like, "Hey man, I got these giant." dinosaur fossils out in my front yard and these giant fossil trees and we're like oh my gosh that's great but then he'd be like also the fbi put a chip in my head and they've been watching me ever since i got out and we were just like so do you have fossils or do you not and it was 50 50 because it was like I said it was like that part is he did have giant fossils in a tree or in the front yard but we still don't know about the fbi chip pocket saying <laughs> <laughs> I just like it's, Alex's face right now because he doesn't know what to say. I just, I'm just, sorry. I know I'm just thinking about that and how insane that is. Yeah. Um, and then we haven't even really talked about Khan yet and, and Khan's family, but race is like obviously mm. uh, discussed pretty, pretty heavily um, at times, especially when you, you think about Khan and his family. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce their last name because I'm just not going. Yeah. I'm sorry. Su- Zinu- but it's like Zinu- more than that. There's, like, there's an extra. There's an no, extra- Sufanusen phones. Sufanusen phones. I thought they said a different. Su- Sufanusen phones. I'm, I'm reading it off of the notes. Sufanusen Sufanusen phones. Con Connie. Sufanusen phone. I tell you what. No, wait, uh, what's the wife's name? Uh, Min. Min, yeah. Con Min, Connie, and Doggy. Yeah, Doggy. Right? Yeah. 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 Because uh, that's the whole like, like racist interaction that Hank has in the episode with them. Yeah, so basically they're Laotian Americans, and none of our main characters really understand that. So they continually call at the very beginning when they first meet them, you know, Korean or Chinese or Japanese. Yep. And Khan also like has his own misconceptions of them being rednecks because he literally calls them rednecks. Literally, I don't blame constantly. Khan for any of that. Uh, <laughs> but the. It's interesting because like both of them definitely obviously defy those stereotypes. Khan is a hardworking yeah. businessman um, who who moved from Arlen from Anaheim. Like Hank, he built himself up to where he is today. He's mm-hmm. a arrogant, materialistic, but it's but it's also clear that those qualities come from wanting the best for his mm-hmm. family. Um, and then later on, we find out the Khan's bipolar, which kind of I literally oh, watched okay. the episode last night where Khan like decides he's going to become a redneck too, and basically like almost gets evicted from his house and everything like that. Like that's a crazy <laughs> episode. Um, that sounds however, insane. But however, like Hank and like, and we've talked about this before, but like Hank and the rest of them really aren't really all that redneck, right? All of them have jobs. No. They, they have houses. Bill is redneck. Bill's not red. He's just Bill- a sad old Bill's man. Bill's just sad. No. Bill Dotrieve is what happens when no. we don't take care of veterans. That's what that's Bill Dotrieve. <laughs> and his wife died. Like, his wife left him. He's he's, he's a settled. He's, he yeah. he gets around with Khan's you mom. You can be sad and still be a redneck. He gets around That's with true. Khan's mom, and only Khan messes that up for him. He he was he was real yeah. happy when Khan's mom was there. Uh, yeah, um, two of them have. Oh, families. I do want to. 
I was going to circle back. One of my favorite things with Khan, I think, is in that first episode. And I think we've talked about this before where um, Hank asks him, like, are you Chinese or Japanese? And then Cotton walks up, looks at him and goes, he's Laotian. <laughs> and then leaves. And then Hank's like, so are you Chinese or Japanese? <laughs> and like that moment encapsulated so much about how people talk about uh, like inappropriately talk about race and don't understand anything, but like mm-hmm. just cotton being the one to walk in and be like, no, he's Laotian and then leave. Cotton who has a whole host of his own issues with. Right. Yeah. Know, his own <laughs> racism and. Yeah. But, but despite those differences, Con and Hank really do have really good episodes where they learn to coexist. They learn more about each other's culture. And by the end, they do kind of come to respect each other um, and lean on each other. You know, the person who brings uh, Khan out of like that redneck lifestyle and almost losing his house is Hank. Hank does help him through that. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other examples of like this show kind of subverting expectations of what it's like to be, you know, Texas redneck and 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 things like that. But those are just some of like the biggest examples I could think of. Um, if you guys have any more, be. My biggest thing would probably be, which we kind of touched on, was Dale, because everybody thinks he's probably the worst, but he ends up being probably the most accepting of everything and everybody except mm-hmm. the government. Yes. I, I I also think, too, like, the idea of, like, what people in Texas look like, like, I would say, like, the majority of folks are just Hank Hill. Like, that's that's hmm. pretty much, like, of what... I've like come into contact with at least living in cities. Um, but like, so in that way, I think that one of the reasons I think why people from Texas don't think that King of the Hill is accurate is because there isn't a lot of the stereotypes from the non-Texan lens, because Mm. the way that they showcase different characters in king of the hill is very specific to like how we see people around us living here and i think like that type of nuance is what makes king of the hill special and makes it very different and i think why like i've at least met some people who like well that's nothing that can't be anything like texas like no that 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 it's pretty much like texas we're not all one way yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that kind of goes into kind of the other reason why this show works so well is that a lot of it's just like mundane, everyday things, and they throw it into animation. Um, and we've talked a whole bunch ab- about how sitcoms can just work just because they cover mundane stuff, and that's like great just to watch. And Seinfeld being obviously the biggest example of that. You know, there's some situations in Always mm-hmm. Sunny that we talked about, but in animation that doesn't really operate that way especially the ones that we've talked about you know the simpsons gets more and more outlandish and packed with like celebrity cameos family guy basically just goes to like what cutaway gag or musical number can we do this time around um, so bad that they do yeah that i know it's, it's 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 i can can't we play a whole like, conway twitty song god oh, get out of here like i didn't mind it at first but then when it came like half the episode it's like I'm yeah done. it's yeah uh, however, King of the Hill basically just stays rooted in that reality driven by character and social situations. So many of like some of the funniest episodes, in my opinion, are some of the ones where they're just doing everyday thing, but are still getting pushed by those character moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of talked this about already, but like there was that, that the parallels of polling where they have the whole thing with um, getting your votes in on November 6th. And at the very end, they do have like a, a PSA about voting um, there. Season four, 
uh, aisle 8A, Connie is staying with the Hills and ends up experiencing her first period. And Hank, who is clearly not the person <laughs> to deal with that, has to take care of it. So you have to watch like this very prototypical cisgendered white man who like doesn't even like to talk about the sex in his neurourethra. Uh, has to like <laughs> deal with that situation and it's great because it has really that great episode moments. hit so freaking hard <laughs> because the first time my dad had to go buy pads my dad added pads and tampons for the household <laughs> it was very similar <laughs> yeah see so it works out so season two hank's dirty laundry after being denied a store credit card purchased from a dryer uh from the megalomart which is basically like their walmart um, mm-hmm. it's revealed that the reason Hank has a low credit score is thanks to an unreturned rental from a local video store. And it turns out that it was an adult film. And despite <laughs> Peggy's insistence, they just pay the fine and get on with their lives. However, Hank is like desperate to prove his innocence and fight the system. And like goes on this whole, basically like I didn't rent that pornographic film type thing. Um, and that's something I can see people doing who are very stubborn when things are wronged matt. in a way that yeah i was gonna say it but I, I could see matt doing this because <laughs> matt has done that before where it's been like well let's just pay this thing and be done with it. he's like no yeah because we shouldn't have to pay this i thing. will save my 11 dollars if i don't have to pay that damn 11 yeah. see? see i fought the I get it. company i'm fighting ea right now because they banned my apex account and i haven't even played the game in three years Oh, that's yeah, insane. like realistically, Matt doesn't need his Apex account back because he doesn't play the game, but he's fighting them. I get Principle. it. Yeah, so even into season eleven, like when we're talking about like the you know the down seasons of King of the Hill, Grand Theft Arlen, when Hank finds out that Bobby's PE class uh, has been replaced with computer games. Uh, and been renamed Virtual PE. He goes into school to complain, but then after playing the game for some time, <laughs> he basically becomes addicted. And then on the other flip side, Bobby, Bobby basically finds joy in healthy exercise, which is something I could see happening for sure. Very like mundane kind of so, way to do your episode, yeah. but great when Hank Hill is playing video games. So I do obviously I mentioned that one, but I do want to talk about the Bobby taking karate lessons is still the favorite, the best meme in the internet, and still the best it's, one ever. It's the next that's, one. that's oh, is that the next one? Oh, yes. shit! I thought that. No, you're fine. No, you're good. Yeah, look at oh, you, Matt. I, wait, I didn't. Oh, know I read that the first part. Title. I missed it. I didn't read see that one. Notes. Oh, he said. Read the notes, my bad. Matt. He said boxing class. Why well, I missed it? My bad. Read the notes. I was looking for karate, not boxing. But guys, I didn't know that episode had that title. It was women's self-defense class. Well, that's why I didn't think it was boxing class. Anyway, my bad. That was my bad. Okay. I read part of it, but I skimmed too fast. Yeah. So even like with those kind of like mon- more mundane episodes, even when they do get like a little bit out of the ordinary in the terms of like King of the Hill, uh, they still don't feel that out of touch or like that out of the sense of reality. So season six, like when Louis Bobby- joins a cult. Out of all the characters, her. I do not like Luann at all. I, just I love Luann. You would dislike her more the- than Peggy? Luann yeah. is the person from high school that jo- that is now so, like selling Herbalife and Cutco knives. That's who Luann is. And they're telling and me they, all they, know her. that we need to learn to grow up and learn how to be an adult. Yes. That's yeah, a big part of her character, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Adrian. Bobby goes nuts because, again, this is also one of my favorite episodes and something I quote literally daily whenever I have to like grab Stefani's you know, purse or anything. Because uh, after being bullied at a slumber party, Hank decides that Bobby should learn how to defend himself and he enlists in him to start taking a boxing class. However, when the boxing class is full, 
Bobby decides to enroll in a women's self-defense class and learns the technique of kicking people in the testicles and spends. That's big- my purse. I don't know <laughs> I you. I don't know you. And then ends and up it, literally the, vo- just the voice of Bobby is so perfect for that line. <laughs> just so crackly and still yeah. the best meme on the entire internet or the GIF. I don't care. Yeah, including end up kicking Hank in the in the testicles as well. Uh, and my then, dad does, in fact, say that's my purse. I don't know you yeah. um, around the house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great line. And I also love it at the very end when uh, Peggy decides to fight Bobby and then he tries to kick her in the testicles. That is what and it she's is. just like, nope. <laughs> it's great. I it's love great. that. It's just like oh, yeah. that episode is just so good on so many different levels. Yeah. Also, just the joy of a parent putting their kid in their place. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, season five, oh yeah. Hank befriends Tammy at Strickland Propane and invites her to stay with his family when she's struggling. And like throughout the episode, because Hank is so oblivious, he basically uh, they find out they find out that Tammy's a prostitute and Hank He's accidentally becomes her pimp with He's a hat the and all. <laughs> the hat is my favorite part. <laughs> then returning Japanese, the two part episode where Hank's father, Cotton Hill, who we mentioned a bunch so far. He's a World War II veteran, and he goes to Japan to apologize to the wife of a Japanese soldier he killed. As it turns out, Cotton had accidentally fallen in love with the widow during the war and ultimately impregnated her. The Japanese Hank is basically introduced and then literally never referenced again in the series, which happens like quite a lot. Like Sometimes they'll introduce a character and they don't bring it back, which is kind of annoying, but I think that's more because like Judge and Daniels kind of like go away from the series. Um, but... Basically, his half-brother is basically literally Hank, but he's into robotics and robotic accessories. It's it's a pretty uh, interesting episode. Problematic, Guys, but like I, I, looked not... up, I looked up Japanese Hank Hill, and there are pictures of this, but there's also several links to videos where people have just photoshopped Hank into Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <laughs> I need that in my life. I need that in my life. I need that. Um, so I, I much. don't understand this. Also, underrated note of this entire uh, two-part episode is what's his face? Uh, Bobby falling in love with a girl at the DDR machine. Yeah, it's such a sad moment. And then Cotton being like, "No, we'll go, go say goodbye to your to the woman you love because you might not get the chance," kind of thing. So even Cotton has his redeemable attributes because he like literally goes to Japan to like burn it down by the like almost by the end of that episode. So. It's he also has very, very few redeemable. Yeah, very, very, very few. Um, Again, Cotton voted for Trump and was very (laughs) loud about it. Definitely. (laughs) And then just one last one to mention here the Transnational Amusements presents Peggy's Magic Sex Feet. And this is the episode where Peggy, who is trying to like come to terms with her size 16 feet, thinks she's Mm -hmm. basically participating in videos about women with big feet positivity, but she's actually getting paid to be on a foot. (laughs) fetish website yes. which i remember this definitely happened <laughs> it's, so it's hilarious good. and great so and she like doesn't like, even question it at first it's like yeah step on these no. eggs <laughs> and like yes. that's the thing like you see this because you see all these you wonder like this i know people would ever fall for half this stuff and you're like yes they would yes they yeah. would. yes peggy they would, would. <laughs> i also peggy think would. one of my favorite episodes is when she goes to the hotel for the boggle championship or whatever mm-hmm. yeah that or the episode where she thinks she's a genius because she took a test online. Yes. And it turns out oh, she yeah. takes the same yes. test yes. and is like a yep. certified genius. Yeah, that's a great episode no. too. I think one of my, I think that has like my favorite line and still, or she's like, what if I'm average? 
Um, and then just like ultimately, I like, can't really think of any other animated shows who do mundane things like that, let alone like even attempt to make it their stick basically yeah. over yeah. the last over 13 years. And it works um, ultimately being kind of one of the reasons why it's so easy to kind of go back and rewatch the show because there's no outlandish, no cutaways, no, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to be the celebrity this week that comes out kind of thing. Once it does yeah. have some celebrities, but definitely not the main point of the show. And there's texting celebrities. Like- and it's also like too like I think one of the one of the things that a lot of adult animation falls into is like oh yeah that was real problematic that didn't age well and I think mm-hmm. that like King of the Hill has that but it does it in a different way because it's showcasing that these are how people are in Texas yeah and it's it it like it acknowledges those things and you it it's kind of like when we've talked about Archer or something like that like it acknowledges that this is actually a problem which makes it really hold up extremely well because people haven't changed that much since mm-hmm. this show was basing characters off of them. Yeah, it's, I think it's really one of the big reasons why, like, why it's um, gotten a lot of popularity back over the last two years since it's been on Hulu because of that. Yeah. And I think Alex mentioned at the beginning of the, at the top of the episode, it kind of has that uh, after school special kind of feel at the end. So even when you're doing things that probably wouldn't age very well, they just don't like leave it up in the air, you know, mm-hmm. they get yeah. better from it by the end. Also, I know I mentioned at the top of the show, but them making Bobby smoke that many cigarettes so that he got sick and threw up and never smoked again, that's that's something my mom would have done. It's, <laughs> what, I, what I loved about that, too, is that, like, the whole, like, I'm going to make you smoke a whole pack, and, like, that's a thing that people reference or talk about, and this was maybe the first time I saw a show that was like, no, we're going to show you how much is in a pack, and we're or in a carton, and, like, we're going to show you what it does to this poor, poor child. Because the entire show is just him sitting at that table and getting increasingly sicker as he yeah. smokes. Yeah, because I think they, do, they, I think they do like a, they do like a, um, like a one-off thing in Family Guy with with Peter and and Chris, but definitely doesn't work nearly as well as as this does because it's like the center yeah. of the episode. It just feels real, man. Yeah, like yeah, that, and, the, and like King of the Hill just feels real. And that's the thing; like even the humor at that point becomes like more real life humor. Like, yes, there are punchlines and, you know, whatever, but, and, you know, dramatic, like use of like camera and cutting to make things funny, but because they can't do cutaways, they can't do flashbacks. They can't do song and dance numbers. Like it's a much more grounded type of joke telling. But also, I also do, oh, I was like, but also I know parents who made their child smoke a pack of cigarettes <laughs> when they thought they wanted to smoke and they all got sick. <laughs> you know also, people who take women's self-defense classes and kick people in the nuts that because i, I want to see that, that out of all the stuff we so the sad part is out of all the stuff we talked about probably the only one i don't have an example for i can think of i <laughs> just want to give tank hills tiny 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 booty a shout out <laughs> thought you were gonna say urethra <laughs> No, that's narrow, not tight. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> butt pads. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about the whole joke that Hank just doesn't have a butt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All, all great stuff. Um, I do have some fun yeah. facts to run through that I couldn't really yeah. fit anywhere else. What? I do have a question, though. Like, because since you're rewatching it, there's not that many, like, Mexicans in the series for being a Texas show. Yeah, but it is but during. It's, it's in Richmond. 
And I yeah, don't know if you've ever been to Richmond. There's not that many Mexicans there either. That's fair. Yeah, like this is like outside. Of, if this was like uh, outside of Houston or outside of Austin or outside of like San Antonio thing, I would like be much more upset about it. But this is also Dallas. Yeah, it's like, outside of Dallas. Suburb yeah. of Dallas. Oh, I'm not upset about it. I don't care. This show, this was like They do go me, to Mexico this, though and Peggy. They do. They do. Also, this, like, I'm not going to lie. This was like a window into white people for me, if I'm honest. I mean, it fits. <laughs> it uh, there's also that episode where Peggy goes with the, uh, the, the action star uh, guy to go teach yes. his kids. Yes. And she thinks that he's, yes. like, coming on to him. <laughs> and, I love it so you know, much. So there's there's stuff some places. But she's also, like, her Spanish is bad. And it's hilarious. It's really bad. But she tries. That's all that matters, right? Isn't that what we're supposed <laughs> to tell them? God, again, I work with somebody like her. It's the, awful. The hard H on, Only it's on worse. Ablo in the promotional, like, that they tried to pitch the show with was, like, that's Peggy Hill, like, speaking Spanish, saying she's a Spanish speaker, and then saying yeah. Hablo. <laughs> exactly. They nail it. They nail it. So, for some fun facts to wrap us up and get us out of here, there actually was a video game based on the series that was released in November 13th of 2000 for the PC, and the player basically goes on a hunting trip with Hank and the gang, where the player must hunt for various animals, as it would probably come to surprise to nobody, the game received mixed to negative reviews. Uh, and I didn't yeah. know this was a thing. Didn't know I don't know yet. what I would want from a King of the Hill game, but it wouldn't be a hunting trip. Yeah, me either. A visual novel? <laughs> I thought we were going to do it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I, would, I would play a King of the Hill visual novel. I was going to play like an Overcooked game where he's just, he's just grilling and propaning. And you got to like keep so it. Oh, like, it on, a, on a phone, guys, I would play that. Are you propane or charcoal? Uh, I'm propane when I'm lazy. Yeah, I was, that's about how I was like, charcoal's great, but propane is super easy. I've never, well, so that was the thing. And I never understood this. And my, and I never understood this. He was like, well, you could just taste the charcoal. It's like, yeah, but like my grandpa cooked with charcoal and like mesquite wood. You're supposed to taste it. Yeah, that's. So I've never understood the the superiority of propane. The superior is you turn a knob and then it just lights up and you're done. No, not to Hank Hill. To Hank Hill, it's because you taste the meat Meat, and not not the grill. The heat. That's yeah, well. I mean, you don't taste the. Wood, I, here, I I'm I'm with Kate. Like I grew up with like when we like did any grilling, it was over charcoal. It was never over propane. Um, I remember when my brother like you know finished college, moved out, and he got a propane grill from his in laws, and I was like, I don't like this. Like I get that it's easier and that it's whatever, but I was just like, this isn't barbecuing. This isn't grilling. This isn't like how we grew up. So that's, See, the funny well, that's thing. why. I- so that's why we got we got a grill that has both. We have one one side's charcoal, one side's propane. Oh, that's right not now, a bad we idea. Have a, smart. We have a charcoal grill right now, or what you want to call it? Charcoal. That thing is barely a grill. Barely a grill. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's a shopping cart on its side. Pretty, it's a pretty tiny much. baby. Um, of the thing took forever to put together. Anyway, the point matters. As much as it's like Kate says all this, I guarantee if we got a propane grill, Kate would love it because I've seen Kate sit out there trying to get that grill to go, where she used like an entire roll of paper towels. Just to get that thing lighted, you know. It was really cold outside, and I forgot that that like is gonna make it harder. Propane, to- you turn the knob and just go click, and it's done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I had my choice, I think wood because I like the taste of wood more than I like the taste of charcoal. I do but, too. That's yeah. that's what yeah. I, I've missed. So that's the real answer here. Wood, it's wood over, wood is, over charcoal. It's, wood. <laughs> it's some real mesquite. Wood's better. Mesquite, some yep. apple wood. Yeah. So I don't like apple wood, but mesquite's good. 
I like Applewood. It's like a little. For a second, you all agreed on something, and yeah. it was nice. I mean, I just like wood over <laughs> overall. No, I do uh, like wood overall. I just don't like Applewood. What about propane wood? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on from there, the theme song is literally titled Yahoo and Triangles. Because if you know the theme song, Perfect. that's literally all it is. Um, the Luann Platter, Luann Platter is actually named after an actual combo at Luby's. Yes! Terrible, by the way. Luann Luby's Platter. is not bad. Luby's is terrible. No. We used to call that Lugies growing up. No, I don't care. That was fine dining for our poor asses. We went to the one in Central Park Mall because it had a little cart lady that would bring you, that would walk around and fill your tea. And it was like, that was my dad got paid meals. So you shut your I'd mouth, I'd rather Matt. eat a Furs than a Luby's. You shut your mouth. Oh, yeah, I, I have no idea what any of these restaurants are. Luby's is oh, wait, fine. Yeah. Uh, Luby, do you want to describe <laughs> Luby's, Kate, for the non-people who? Luby's is just a cafeteria-style dining establishment that to baby Kate was, like, amazing and expensive and is really is not. Um, but the people who work there just, are really nice. They're typically, you know, older They have ladies. amazing chocolate cream pie. So essentially okay. you go up. You say what you want, they put it on the plate, and you, like, get stuff at each section. It's like a cafeteria. I don't know that I've ever been to a restaurant like that. It does not, Matt. It's terrible. Their chicken fried chicken's good. It's terrible. As Adrian said, I'd rather eat furs. That was the last place I ever ate with my grandpa. But I think, aren't aren't both of those things going out of business? I think they're pretty much both out of business. I just brought up fur because it's comparable. That's the only reason. Their models were people interacting over food so yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> sweet yeah, so sorry <laughs> sorry not texas people i didn't realize that lubies was a texas we always thing. ate that on we traveling we always ate that we always ate those on traveling for games it was the easiest way to i teams. always knew if my dad if i knew how we were doing financially if i could get a piece of pie mm. oh fun fact lubies original location 1947 in san antonio texas Gross. Yep. Loogies. No, Matt. Loogies. That's pretty funny, actually. No. Go back to not agreeing with each other, please. Loogies. Oh, no. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get smacked across the head because Fanny loves Loogies and she wants it to go every time. And I'm going to be no, Loogies? Gross. She's going to be so upset. I can't wait. So another fun fact, in 1998, Fox actually tricked fans into believing that the show was moving from Arlen to L.A. After the season two finale, Propane Boom, Fox Fox launched a promo campaign that promised to see the Hills move to Hollywood and even released a press statement saying that they were in discussions with Judge and Daniels to change the setting of the series. The network claimed that they received hundreds and hundreds of emails and phone calls from concerned fans following the ruse. In fact, it was all Fox's way of promoting the show's move from Sunday to Tuesday night, which lasted one season before big rating decline um, moved it back to its original um, calendar. And there's a whole YouTube clip that we will include in the show notes. So Propane Boom, I think, was the very last episode I watched as, like, on live. Okay. I watched everything, like, you know, as it came out in the 90s, I guess, till that episode. And then never again yeah the promotion is pretty funny it's basically like hank hill like it's like a news thing and then like they cut to hank hill who's like in a chair and he's like oh uh i grew up in texas i'll die in texas i'll come back to life and live in texas some more <laughs> like it's it's just it's just a ridiculous thing i like that um but it works out pretty well so you, you just told everybody remember? like we're doing beverly hillbillies 
but yes, with basically. the hills, and then we're like, psych, yes. no, we're not. Yeah, and they like the, they have like a TV executive who's like, um, uh, you know, we're not saying that anyone that he didn't die in the fire, but if he doesn't come on, we, we might just say that he died in the fire and he's going to be written out of the show, kind of thing. Uh, huh. Very, very serious. Also, don't know how you don't think that like that's like satire, but. They, right. they literally had Hank. They had Hank Hill interview. I was only like <laughs> ten, man. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> All I saw uh, was everybody dying of fire, and I thought the show was over. And then they were going to L.A., and then we knew if they didn't make it, they were all dead. And I was like, I- I'm only ten. I can't handle this right now. Uh, we've talked about Boomhauer a few times, but Boomhauer's whole like character and the way he speaks is basically based off of a voicemail. Um, a man upset about Beebus and Butthead left Judge a voicemail that he had to replay multiple times in order to understand what he was saying. So Judge basically took that and like made that Boomhauer's like voice in the in the show. Boomhauer's voice reminds me of the Cajun guy from The Water Boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... I've also definitely heard people talk like that. Well, yes. of course, of course. <laughs> And then last, uh, but why though, the show's first and last lines of the series are Hank and his buddies saying they're trademark. Yep. Yep. Which yep. is actually a very big trademark for a lot of families yep. in Texas. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know my family said it a lot growing up. Just, yep. Yep. Your yep. family says it when we're saying goodbye to them. It's very weird. You know why, right? Why? Oh, that's how my family says I love you. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> that's why they always say yep. That's it's good yeah. by Texas. This isn't the that's why that's why when you're leaving you're like, "Yep," and you just leave. You don't say I love you or anything else. That's all you said and you leave. Well, that's, I'm brown. But that's why they say it like that. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Yeah. My family has like a 2-hour leaving ritual where you have to go say goodbye to everybody and then you Say goodbye to the people you forgot. We even condemn down all the words. We condemn all the time and word down to one word and leave. You never, never picked it up. Uh, no, oh, okay. Matt. Do I look like I would know that? I don't know. My, you apparently knew that they always said it when we were leaving, so I assumed. I they they did, but I just thought that they were being like rushy white people. <laughs> but yes, Kate, that is why my family always ends the show with. Or, I didn't know. I just thought they were trying to get us to go. I mean, they are, but that's obviously why. How? Yeah, but that's that's all I got on King of the Hill. Um, if I mean, I think at the end of the day here, like if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Like if you, mm-hmm. it's one of those shows. Throw it on in the background. And I guarantee you'll have some laughs. You'll get a sense of kind of like what we're talking about, and it might become you know maybe one of your favorite adult animations. Um, final thoughts. I'll go, go. With Matt. I'll go. Um, final thoughts. I think this show, uh, obviously, I don't think it has in my top three Pathion, but I also watch adult animation, have a very strict one I'm looking for. This one's a little too wholesome for my taste sometimes. Um, but no, it's a great animation that I do enjoy. And I will say, as the older I've gotten, the more I have enjoyed King of the Hill. I know, like I said, because it came, I mentioned earlier, you know, like the show had this whole thing when I was like 10. Like, I didn't get all this stuff. And then as you get older, Especially being in Texas for as long as I have been, you you start to see a person you've met that like every single character on this show, um, and so, and it is I guess I know people get mad about it, like I guess like the stereotypical stuff, but it's kind of like I just don't ever care just because I'm like I've met these people, and so that's why I've always enjoyed this show, and like I said, it's gotten better as the older I've gotten and the more people 
have met and seen and everything else. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's definitely fair. Um, and it, it also makes sense, right? Because because your your adult animation is like a little bit um, darker, um, which which I enjoy too. So I can I can definitely I guess that. I mean, I, I kind of I couldn't like contextualize like why 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 isn't it a part of your thing? But I mean, you did the Archer episode. I was like, I have Archer. <laughs> you did the Archer, our Bojack. 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 <laughs> I was like, I, I, didn't, I, didn't I have a lot of animation, but it's definitely not probably what people think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> is that your final thoughts? Is it just yep? Because if it is, that's fantastic. That works, uh, Alex. Yeah, I I feel like for me, just like King of the Hill matters because um, it's not New York. It's not, you know, a, a major city. It's not a, a demographic that gets plastered all over television um, in that it's just like, we're going to show suburban Texas. We're going to show, you know, like uh, people who lean conservative. We're going to show, you know, people who are still learning and bettering themselves. Like it, it's a show that matters because it's it's quality. It, it's grounded. It's something that we don't always see everywhere. Um, I mean, like even something like Community, which was like, oh, it's small townish, maybe I don't know. It's still Colorado. Like, I, I think that what makes King of the Hill matter to me is just like what it's trying to showcase and the job that it does doing it. Um, you know, I don't know that anybody like really watches King of the Hill and is like, I feel so seen. This changes my how I value myself. Maybe they do. I'm not going <laughs> to knock them for it. Um, but like, it's just to show that like it gives you something different, whether you're from Texas and enjoy seeing like Texas, like poked fun out on TV, or if you're not from Texas and just like wanted to see something that isn't the norm, like something that I value about it is that it, yeah, it, it gets political. It has characters who learn it's a setting that most people are not going to see all over the place. Like it's just, it's a good show and yeah. Oh, I hate okay. It. Also, I do have to come back in there because Yep wasn't enough. All I'm thinking of is nine one one Lone Star, which is awful in that it's set in a firehouse in Austin, and they keep making jokes about how the people from New York are from the big city. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You're in Austin. Yeah, that's like one of three and- cities in Texas people can name. <laughs> and it, it it just bugs me. And the entire time I was watching it, it made me more appreciative of King of the Hill because there's a specific scene where uh, some, uh, what is his name? Rob Lowe asks, what's barbacoa? And they say, it's steak you put in the ground. And I was like, no, 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 no. And (laughs) most white people in Texas would know the answer to that. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. King of the Hill because representation matters for Texas. So don't don't watch... Don't watch Lone Star. Lone Star is never going to get an episode on But Why, though. No, or get really drunk and do it. <laughs> One of the two things. <laughs> I'm done now. Well, I'm also done, so you can take us out. I think we're good. So, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show, Alex. Always a pleasure. Why don't why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at most always Alex, uh, Friday.com for genre and horror news and reviews. And then game boys co-op is, uh, or game boys is a podcast. I do about game Bo- video games and co-op gaming specifically, or at least multiplayer. Um, and we just did our 2020 awards and our next episode, I think is what we want to see in 2021. Dope. 
And if you want to support us a little bit more, head on over to patreon.com slash butwhythopc. We're revamping it. We have a lot more of extra and behind the scenes content over there. So head on over there and support us for as little as a dollar a month. It really, really helps us keep the show going and improve our quality. And you can find us on social media at butwhythopc on literally everything. And you can find me on Twitter at ohmymythrandier. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at superreese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? Going to live in the forest. <laughs>